San Diego Padres lose the second of a three-game set against the Minnesota Twins. They did win the first one, though. We're going to talk about that, as well as a blown save, some weird offensive stuff. Seth Lugo impressing again. We got a Juan Soto bomb. Is he officially back? Like, seriously? Can we just say that? All that and more, guys. You know what you're listening to. So let's get started. You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Podcast Podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, May 11th. As always, I am your host, with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You can follow me on Twitter at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Or if you don't like my nerdy whatever dumb tweets, you can follow me at L-O underscore Padres, where I tweet over the course of the games and give you all Padres content and even some memes every now and then. Although I must admit that I've been asking for people to send me some Matt Carpenter ones lately. So please give me more of those. I see you guys out there. I see you. Help me out. Uh, and you can also find the show on YouTube, Lockdown Padres on YouTube. We just passed 800 subs not too long ago. Hopefully you get to 1,000 soon, maybe before the All-Star break. That'd be kind of cool. Today's episode is sponsored, guys, by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed game time go check that out and on today's episode guys we are talking about the first two games so far of this series between the Padres and the in my opinion very capable very strong team in the Minnesota Twins so tough like uh, schedule of late for the Padres not only did they play the Dodgers this weekend they're not playing the Twins and then they play the Dodgers again this weekend so so lots of lots of stuff going on here uh for sure so it's kind of the tale of two cities, uh, these two games, um, and I'm happy that we're going to be uh, talking about it on this show because that's, well, that's why you're tuning in. Um, we're going to talk about, as always, I like to save the happiness, uh, usually for the end of the podcast. Last night's game was a little odd. Uh, a decent amount of stuff happens. The Padres end up losing 4-3 to three in extras, uh, specifically in the bottom of the 11th inning after Alex Kirloff uh, is the hero, singles in Carlos Correa from second. Um, or no, I'm sorry. He singles in Max Kepler, brings in um, uh, Carlos Correa to second, my apologies, uh, after he got a walk. Um, it was a zombie runner thing. Firstly, uh, I've said this many times on the podcast, I am a fan of the zombie runner rule. I think that more often than not, is if you look at the totality of 162-game season, if you don't like the rule, try to win the game beforehand. Uh, I don't mind uh, mixing things up and making things a little bit more interesting when there's so many games. You know I mean, I know plenty of people myself that when they see that a game is an extras, they tune in because they're just like, hey, a single can win it. And it's just kind of cool having a little bit more of a sudden death vibe. Um, and I, I understand that baseball is always sudden death because you can hit a home run and end it. But that's just what I've heard. And that's just my opinion, uh, given just how long the season is. Um, but in this game, the Padres end up losing for a multitude of reasons. Um, it's every look. That's what the vibe has been with this team. I've said this many times that they've been holding steady this year. And unfortunately, every time that we get excited that they're going to go on a run and be one of the better teams in baseball, be one of the S-tier you know, World Series contenders, which I still think that they are, uh, they have not been able to do that. And I am starting to wonder, uh, you know, 30-something games in or whatever, however many games we're in, 
if this is just a wild card team that has absolutely a chance to win a World Series, given the top of their rotation, given the top of their lineup at its best, can perform so well. You know, you saw what happened with the Phillies last year. They didn't necessarily have the most depth in the world. They were a really poorly constructed defensive team. Their bullpen could be shaky, but once they at least got in, that's all you needed, right? So this team could absolutely get hot and still win it. But in terms of regular season dominance, that part is at least is being a little bit more in question for me. Uh, just because I think that people were way, and I said this in the preseason, way too down on the Dodgers. I know that your boy picked the Padres to win the division, but not going to lie, that might have been peer pressure. Just because everyone else on the on a crossover I did was picking the Padres. I was like, I mean, I can't not pick that team, right? It's the, po- it's the podcast that I host. Um, but I did think people were being a little bit overly down on them because they lost Trey Turner. Because they, you know, they're bringing guys like Syndergaard and... They're just kind of expecting those guys to fill in holes. They don't have Walker Bueller available just yet. So I get that, but my thing is they're still the Dodgers and they deserve a benefit of the doubt. And they still have star players on that team. They still got a good farm. They're still managed really well and they can maneuver if need be. And what happens? You got Jason Hayward playing decent enough ball. He's hitting the ball as hard as he has like in his whole career. Miguel Vargas might be the NL Rookie of the Year. Uh, J- James Outman might be the <laughs> NL Rookie of the Year. Like, There's been a lot of different things that have supported them, and they're so, so far have been um, pretty clearly uh, the top team in the National League uh, West with a plus 42 run differential to support that. Um, granted, they've had some bad games. Uh, this is not the most dominant Dodgers team, certainly. This is not a, a super team the way that I think it was viewed for the past few years. It's definitely a little bit of a lower level than that, but there's still an A-tier team that um, can perform really well. And these past few weeks, for me, have been a little bit of a reminder that the Padres are a good team, sometimes great, but they have not shown me that they're ready to take baseball by storm. Tampa Bay Rays have shown a lot more. Baltimore Orioles has shown a lot more. Atlanta Braves, heck, even the Pittsburgh Pirates to an extent, have shown a lot more excitement Uh, given what's on their team especially. And given what the Padres have, they have underperformed a little bit, and I think especially offensively. Yet again in this game, we had moments. Matt Carpenter, bases loaded, bottom of the 10th. Or hold on. uh, I'm sorry, top of the 11th. Bases loaded, unable to get a hit. Xander Bogarts before him, yeah, he drew a walk, but he doesn't get a hit. That's the. it's, It's still adding on to the fact that the Padres just have been so horrid with runners in scoring position this year. I know that I've repeated this a lot, but... If you want the Cliff Notes version of the team this year, that really is it. They just refuse to drive in runs. Um, but it's not all bad. It's not all bad. Let's talk about the game in more detail. Uh, Seth Lugo gets to start in this one. I've been a little bit worried about him. I still think that he's got an absolute nuke, like bananas home run palooza uh, coming his way at some point. I thought... Because in this game, Max Kepler hits an absolute bomb off of him in this one in the bottom of the first. I don't know if it was the... I think it was the second out, if I'm not mistaken. Let me see if I can pull that up really quickly. I think it was the second out, but he absolutely hits an absolute bomb off of him uh, in this game. Which was, you know, it happens. Don't get me wrong. Um, Max Kepler's hit was... Let's see. No, it actually wasn't the hardest hit ball of the day. That's interesting. It was a home run in 30 out of 30 ballparks, though. So it wasn't luck. Um, Carlos Correa has a nice double in this game as well. That, that was pretty um, pretty rad. That actually uh, should have ended up a home run. It was a home run, according to Savant, in 22 of 30 ballparks. So they did get fortunate there. But overall, the stat line is still strong for Seth Lugo. Six innings, only two earned runs on five hits, only walked one, struck out five. Uh, for me, look, the hard hit stuff on him is not great. Um, the fact that this is still his first kind of year being a full-time starter. So by default, I'm going to be a little bit skeptical. Um, he has been impressive, though. Still, 3.18 ERA on the season. Um, that's really good. 
uh, really good. And he's not walking too many batters. He has been everything you can ask for for a fifth starter. I just personally think he is going to have a start soon. Look, if Michael Waka, we loved him, right? He had that 10-strikeout game against the Braves. Then he gets absolutely torched over the next two starts. I still think Pagan is due for that. I will say the curveball is really good at times. Um, it is one of the, actually not even one of the, as... Um, my guy Clay Snowden uh, from a week or so ago on this podcast when we were doing the Rays, the Reds crossover uh, talked about it has the highest spin rate of any curveball among starting pitchers in baseball. That thing moves a lot. I'm just a little bit wondering, you know, with that pitch, is it possible that major league players are going to figure it out a little bit? I don't know if his fastball is strong enough for that. I will say that his curveball, a little bit of an uptake in velo in tonight's start, 1.6 miles per hour to be exact. That was really cool, but it's just a wonder of mine. And, and also, who cares? Almost if he regresses, he's all like he's shown that he can be an effective rotation uh, pitcher. And out of a fifth starter, that's really all that this team needs uh, in a lot of ways because they could upgrade at the deadline. They've got the three-headed monster at the top, so I'm still plenty fine with Lugo. I'm just saying the 3.1 ERA. I don't think he's that good uh, for sure. Um, someone that I do think is that good though is Pablo Lopez. Six and a third in this game. He does walk four. Uh, the Padres have been able to draw walks at times this year for sure. He strikes at eight. Um, on the one hand, I want to say, look, Pablo Lopez is a really good pitcher. Um, and that was an incredibly fair trade. I love it when fair trades happen. You know, Marlins traded uh, traded for Luis Arias from the Twins. And then Pablo Lopez comes to the Twins. I like it when, it bro- when a trade works out for both teams. I really do. I just think it's so fun when that happens. And it's like, oh, wow, it happened. It was great for both. It's just rare that it seems like things go that way. Um, and that's the case with Pablo Lopez. But even still, even if he is a pretty solid, uh, good pitcher, it's still really disappointing for this Padres team to not be hitting off him. I can't use the excuse. I've used it before saying, hey, in fairness, it was against Zach Gallen. Hey, in fairness, it was against uh, Zach Wheeler. In fairness, it was against, you know... Whatever uh, quality pitcher the Padres have faced. At some point, you need to hit that stuff for you to have um, a little bit more optimism about your team, especially from fans being like, well, yeah, we can hit all these weak pitchers, but when does our alleged top of the order that has all these MVPs, when are they going to start caring a little bit? And so far, it hasn't happened enough. Um, But guys, again, it's not all bad doom and gloom. We're going to talk about some of the other things that happened in this game, as well as the game that the Padres actually won in just a second. But... But I want to talk to you guys about something. And that is the Game Time app, folks. Look, you know, you ever get stressed out? Maybe you're buying last-minute tickets, and you're like, oh, no, what's the best price? You got to compete with all these other buyers. And, you know, if it's a popular event, maybe you just heard that an NBA player or whatever it is that they're actually going to play in tonight's game. You didn't know what you're trying to run to say. It can be a little stressful sometimes. But thankfully, thankfully. With the Game Time app, guys, they've got you covered. And let me tell you, flash deals, oh, they got them. Last-minute tickets, they're easy to find for every event in your area. You can even get images of the seat views, which is a thing that I like, just giving you a little bit more of an idea of what it's going to look like. Lowest prices guaranteed and cancellation protection. Oh, yeah, that's right. Cancellation protection, guys. It's great. So don't worry about like, you know, freaking out and having to make all these decisions that are just written in stone and then you're cooked. Don't worry, guys. 
Um, forget planning months in advance. Advance Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Gets exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. That's right. Not just sports. This is a sports podcast, but you can get it on everything. And, you know, it's it's pretty great. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's just a few reasons why Game Time is rad, guys. And here's another thing. Because you're listening to this podcast, those lovely folks, they're going to give you a discount. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. But again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. If I said 20% before, my bad. $20 off. Uh, download Game Time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest prices guaranteed. Game Time. Time to play or party, whatever you want to call it. And we're back, everybody, here on this old mm, Locked On Padres podcast. Thank you for making Locked On Padres your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Let's keep it going, man. Let's keep it going. We spent a lot of time talking about this first game. It's a therapeutic session. It's okay. Other things that happen in this game. If you're wondering where the Padres' runs do come from, don't worry, I got you covered. Juan Soto, 439 uh, foot home run, two center, allowing... Uh, it was a 2-1 score. Or it was a 2-0 score at the time. Soto cuts it to 1. Uh, Soto's been monstrous lately. Um, I think people got thrown off the scent a little bit because he had a really unfortunate, especially in the big lights, and you know it was a big series, first one of the year. Against the Dodgers, he was poor. But he's been hitting like a beast for a while now. Um, I still have concerns about Soto, but that's kind of irrespective of his actual play, if that makes sense. My whole thing is, did they have to make that trade? Is he good enough? Is he going to be a seven-win player? Because that's the type of thing you're kind of hoping to trade for. If he's a four-win player, that's great. But just assets and all that stuff, I think it's different. And same thing with you know wanting to extend him. That's my stuff with Soto. And the defense, which has been better this year. But those are my questions. I have never had any doubt. You can go pull up the, the tape. I mean, I understand some concern about Soto. I do. But I wasn't really like freaking out that this guy's a, a below 200 hitter. He's going to pull a Cody Bellinger and hit below the Mendoza line and just be pretty inadequate at the plate. I thought he'd get better. The question is, how much better? Was it worth the trade? Da, 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 da. That's for another time, though. Uh, he does hit a home run in this game. Manny Machado also hits a sack fly in this one. I tweeted this out. I put this out on Twitter that, look, he made good contact, um, and it did end up getting the tying run in, 2-2. Uh, but I will also say that I, Manny, I wish Manny would be a little bit more patient at the plate because I think that's part of what's hurt him this year. Um, it's helped him from years past, but I think a little bit of a different plate approach given how kind of weird his season has been uh, so far overall, um, I would like to see. Hopefully he, he gets it better. Don't get me wrong. I'm not out on the guy uh, for sure. But I just think that him showing that he's still swinging on like first pitches is still a little bit of a little bit of a flag for me. Um, and he has been walking a little bit more. He's slowly digging out of the grave, you know what I mean? But uh, still, even still, nice to get that uh, tying run scored. Austin Nola gets a squeeze bunt that ends up bringing in Runet Odor, my arch nemesis, uh, in the top of the 10th inning. But here's where the stuff comes in. Josh Hader, second blown save uh, that he's had in the past few days. One against the Dodgers with a home run given up to a player that you might have heard of, Mookie Betts. And then Donovan Sol- Solano. Uh, who you might remember from being on the Giants. He hit us back. He hit us up a little bit uh, a couple years ago when he was on the Giants. Um, uh, allows Willie Castro to score, ties the game, and then I mentioned Alex Kirloff hits the walk-off. 
So already talked about Zombie Runner. Not going to talk about that. Hater. Uh, no panic. I think he's looked electric this year. The only thing that happens with Hater sometimes is he does become his own worst enemy. Shout out to that song by Lit. Um, such a bad joke. Um, he, he, you know, sometimes he gets a little bit out of control, elevates the fastball a little bit too much, and guys don't swing at it. I still remember from, I think it was against the Mets when he had that huge, huge save, but he had walked a bunch of batters, and Francisco Alvarez, young stud catcher for the, the Mets, and maybe this is why, uh, he, you know, he's young, and he's, he ended up swinging at a bunch of pitches that were all outside the zone. So if he just didn't swing at a pitch, he would have been fine. That's something that I've seen with Hater every now and then, is that he can beat himself, but when he throws his stuff, aside from Mookie Betts, a player that wasn't that good, uh, definitely isn't that good at all, um, aside from him, for the most part, it's him beating himself. And in this case, I don't think he beat himself, but it was a, it was a, a hit down the line. They end up losing on a hit down the line in the bottom of the 11th as well. With a zombie runner on too, and then him also coming in and then striking out the next couple batters, uh, actually the next three batters, I'm not really, I just don't put this on Hater. He's still got a 1.06 ERA. He's still been electric. One of the best overall players, dare I say, on the Padres this season, uh, next to Xander Bogart. It's like he, he's just been shut down. He's completely recovered from whatever was holding him back uh, when they first traded for him last year. His stuff looks great. I'm not putting this on him, man. And holding a one-run lead when you've got all these MVPs on your team, I'm just not, it's just hard for me to blame uh, bullpen guys for blowing up a one or two run lead. You know what I mean? Hater included, even if it's the less than great relievers. Um, now, Nabil Krizmat and some of the ones that have exploded, Luis Garcia at times, who actually makes an appearance in this game as well, uh, doesn't record a strikeout, but doesn't give up a run or a hit. Um, that there have been at times when the relievers can be bad, but for the most part, on a team with this offense on paper, we sh- it's just hard for me to complain about that stuff. It really is. It really is. I would like some more games where the Padres are, like on Monday, like in the Mexico City series, like against the D-backs at times, where you're really showing you, all right, this is why we have such a high payroll. This is why we have all the Hollywood gossip and all the Hollywood glory on us and whatnot. They just haven't done that. Um, and it's unfortunate. It really is, because I think that this team could be really special at the plate. And I know that the bottom of their lineup has some questions. I just feel like this is one of those teams that's like, screw you. We have like four MVPs at the top. We don't give a damn about the rest of the team. That's my perspective, but again, I could be crazy. But it wasn't all bad, guys. Again, they have won one game in this series, and that's what we're going to talk about now. Tuesday's game against the Twins. That was lovely. It was absolutely lovely. And it was a bounce back for the Waka man. Waka, 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 uh, Michael Waka in this game, the Padres end up winning six to one, and he was nice. Not incredible, not incredible, but six innings, one earned run on only three hits. He did walk three and only struck out four, but nonetheless, the numbers don't lie there. Uh, he was solid again. Michael Waka, four point eight two ERA. I think that'll come down a little bit. I think he's a low fours ERA guy, and for a guy who's at the back of the rotation, totally cool with that. Throws pitches. He he's been going pretty deep into games which is nice to see, aside from the games that he's gotten hit up a little bit. And for the most part, aside from against the Brewers and the, the Cardinals, he's given up only in, hold on, so one, two, three, four, five, six, and only two of those six starts has he given up more than four hits. So he's doing enough. He really is. Um, he's not going to do what he did against the Braves that one game when he strikes out 10 and doesn't give up a run, right? That's not the type of pitcher he is. I know he's been in the league for a while, but he's he's not that incredible. 
but I liked him. And it's also fun to root for him because I can have Pac-Man here, and there's an actual reason for it. Um, leave, leave a comment if you guys want me to add any more of my little buddies down here. They might not all be Padres-related because I don't have enough right now. Um, maybe soon I'll have more, but for now, just let me know. Send me a message if you want to just see me. Because I have all sorts of toys and figurines, believe me. I am a nerd. So feel free to message me if you want me to just add it. You know what? Screw it. Every, most episodes, I'm just going to have a random new one there just to freak people out. Because um, I, I, I like to mess with people. And I'm the captain of my... I'm the master of my fate and the captain of my soul. So you can't stop me. But what you can do, guys, is go check out So Rare. It is a fantastic, fantastic app, guys. You should really check it out. It's basically like fantasy baseball crossed with collecting cards it's really cool our new sponsor so rare and that's two syllables s-o-r-a-r-e is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 mlb teams and guess what juan soto is one of the ambassadors along with julio rodriguez so maybe 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 check this out guys you can win all these great prizes and stuff you know what some of them are let me tell you, you can get uh, scarcity cards, game tickets, merchandise, signed jerseys, VIP experiences like meeting MLB stars. They said Soto's an ambassador. I don't know. You want to meet the guy who's been absolutely raking for the San Diego Padres lately? Maybe. Maybe. Can't guarantee it, but you should check that out, guys. And it's really cool. I love seeing what people put into their lineups, collecting their cards. It's, it's just a nice synthesis of both things. And as someone who isn't necessarily the biggest card person, but is certainly a fantasy baseball and fantasy sports degenerate. Uh, I love that stuff. So it's really cool, guys. So head to SoRare.com slash LockedOn. Remember, that's SoRare, S-O-R-A-R-E.com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash LockedOn to start playing today. been a little bit of a chaotic episode folks not gonna lie to you but we're back here lockdown Padres, guys thank you as always for making us your first listen every day even if we're not even if we're not thank you for tuning in guys really appreciate it um but let me tell you let's talk about this game even further we just talked about waka who i've uh, thought was uh, pretty solid in this game and we get some good old offense in this game and another great game from juan soto Talked about the home run he hit. Well, in this game, he was great, too. Four for four in this one with a walk, two doubles. He was awesome. And again, guys, that batting average is creeping up, 244. And to be honest with you, that if that stayed, I'd be cool with that. The The thing after that becomes slugging and just, you know, driving guys in when they're, in, when they're at the plate and whatnot. You know what I mean? The 240 batting average, as long as you're at that level, because of how much he walks, we've just never seen it before then I'm all cool with it. He's still got to work a little bit. I know that so far this year his strikeout rate is higher than his walk walk rate, I think, I believe, um, which is the case for most players, but for him it's very, very rare. He usually walks so much more than he strikes out because he's Juan Soto and he's an absolute freak of nature. Um, but in this game, he doesn't actually get um, the RBIs. Instead, that goes to Mr. Manny Machado. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the big one for the game. Three for five. Or I'm sorry, two for five in this game with three home runs. And he also struck out twice, which is unfortunate, but he did hit the kind of game-sealing home run in the top of the ninth inning, allowing Cronenworth and Austin Nola to score, which was great. Matt Carpenter also gets an RBI in this game, and it was nice because at the top of the fourth inning, it had been a pitcher's duel of sorts before then, with uh, 
Louis Verland, Varland, who I barely know anything about, but of course he was shutting down the Padres for the beginning of the game. Uh, thankfully, though, Matt Carpenter ends that, uh, as he has been doing for a lot of this year. Yes, the batting average isn't great, but for a guy who's essentially a tertiary piece of this lineup, and considering that his on-base percentage is still pretty solid, although not as great of late at 337, and he slugs the ball pretty good, I like Matt Carpenter. I think he's done enough. And I know that Yankee fans that I've seen uh, complaining that they kept uh, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, but then they didn't keep Matt Carpenter is actually hilarious, uh, especially considering IKF isn't even playing in the infield for them. He's the outfielder, uh, which is wild. Um, But still, love to see it. Otherwise, um, not too much else in this game. Fernando Tatis Jr., he scores a run in this one. He strikes out twice and is able to get a stolen base, which is nice. Hassan Kim. I saw something going on with Hassan Kim on Twitter the other day, which was someone pointing out that he actually leads the Padres in war, um, specifically in baseball reference war, which I don't use as much just because, I don't know, I, I don't think defensive runs saved is a useless stat for defensive players. It certainly isn't, but I personally feel like outs above average does a little bit more. Um, and I think that baseball reference um, skews more towards the defensive run saved. So if you have a lot of defensive runs saved, it's almost like they don't care what you did with the bat. And to me, just as someone who super down for the numbers, you guys have heard me spout numbers on this podcast before. I've waxed poetic about the savant and the fan graphs and even, dare I say, the pitcher lists and the almanacs, whatever websites are out there, right? But I don't know. I just, I watch Hassan Kim and I'm like, this is not the best player on the Padres. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he makes great plays. He's a utility infielder. You can play short if you wanted to. He's really great defensively. And he can he can hit the ball every now and then. But this isn't the best pl- position player on the Padres. Like, to me, that's just patently absurd. Uh, it just is. Um, and it'll even out. Even in baseball reference war, that'll even out. So I just wanted to address that real quick because I saw people talking about it. Kim, again, as a tertiary piece, it's okay. If your lineup has like four MVPs at the top, you got Carpenter and you got Cronenworth as pretty solid bats as well. And then Grisham, who's been a lot better here as well. If there's a guy in there that's one of your weakest players, but he's electric defensively, that's how you win World Series right there. Like, it's okay if that's the case. I would rather that instead of just an average bat. You know what I mean? Give me that electric defender who at least, even if they're not hitting the ball well, is going to be awesome and save you a lot of runs. So... Totally down for Hassan Kim, and I just don't really get the hate for him. I think it's been really odd, uh, some of the hatred that Padres Twitter occasionally throws his way. Uh, Padres Twitter. I haven't seen as much from media people, so maybe this is just a bubble thing, an echo chamber thing, but alas, felt like addressing it. Um, and again, just really solid overall game for the Padres. Um, Austin Nola hits a sacrifice fly. Jake Cronenworth actually draws a walk, which counts as an RBI in this, allowing Fernand Tatis Jr. to score. Um, again, I wish that they could bust the game open more often the way that Manny did in this one. Hopefully, again, hopefully he can get things going. I'm still waiting for like the top of the lineup to just go absolutely nuts. They haven't, though, uh, unfortunately. And that's just been the case for this Padres team all year. Every single time you're waiting for them to go nuts and look a little bit more steady. Hey, I wouldn't mind losing an 8-9 game because at least it would show me, okay, cool. Like the thing that I've been fretting, let's say you go on a heater right? You, you score a bunch of runs and then you lose one, but ah, we gave up a bunch of runs this time. I'd be okay with that because at least it shows me like, all right, the lineup is finally living up to its reputation. That just hasn't been the case this year with Machado. And in fairness, Tatis just came back um, with Soto for the first month. And as of late, he's been awesome. And not even just a, a couple series, more like, you know, 
18 something games, he's been electric so far for the team. Uh, so yeah, the, the Soto thing, I'm almost prepared to say he's back. Almost. I still have a couple things that I'm worried about, particularly with the dribblers that he hits down to first base and particularly with some of his strike three calls uh, that he watches some pitches go by, but lately feels like his talent, he's, he's figuring it out. And then for Xander Bogarts, who, you know, in a small sample size, granted, has not been good of late. Uh, to be specific, actually, Xander Bogarts is already is all the way down to a 273 average. It's not bad, especially since his on base is 366 and he has a 447 slugging on the year. But in terms of as of late, as of late, in the last six games, 120, 214, 160 slash line. That is in May. So it is worth pointing out. Again, that's the case of high BABIP. Everything he hit was going through. It's okay. I'm not worried. And the glove looks pretty solid. He almost made another great play uh, in this game as well. Um, or was it, did he make a good play? He made a good play in one of these games. I can't remember which one. I don't have it in front of me. But he made a good defensive play. That was nice to see. So, uh, love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. Again, I think that's my takeaway from the podcast um, today. Is that I'm worried that this is not going to be one of those elite teams that we're just not worrying about and that the good times are just rolling. But a little bit closer to what we had last year where they're a solid team. They know how to win ball games. They come in and get outs. They play really good defense. Um, but they're not going to be gangbusters amazing. And that's okay because, hey, neither were the Phillies. And the Phillies went to the World Series last year. So And neither were the Padres. And the Padres were in the NLCS. So that's my view on it. I just, I'm worried that I'm getting to a point where I'm like, yeah, this is still a Dodgers division. They just have more depth, and you can't assemble a team this quickly in a fancy baseball type of way and have everything congeal and just sort of, uh, you know, flow together as a lineup uh, so quickly. Um, so that's my only thing. And the other thing is also, I will say, though, you never know. Uh, AJ Preller, you know he's looking. So as currently constructed, we don't know. I love Hassan Kim. Would it shock me? If they said, oh, let's get a little spicy. Let's bring Tim Anderson into this team. Ah! I'm not saying they should do that. I'm just throwing stuff out there because I'm chaotic like that. Um, so we'll see what happens, guys. There's still a lot of really fun stuff to talk about. Uh, might be doing a crossover kind of recap of the last game of this series uh, and talk some twin stuff with Brandon Warren, host of Locked On Twins. So you can look forward to that. And then going to talk about and preview probably by myself this upcoming series against the Dodgers or whatever else the heck I come up with. Who knows? The time, these are weird times we live in, folks. Weird times. You never know. I could just go crazy at the drop of a hat or in this case, my little beanie hat. But everybody, with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Let me tell you to also go check out Lockdown MLB. Really great show, uh, you know, for kind of a, uh, what's it called, for general baseball stuff. Lockdown um, Fantasy Baseball as well. All sorts of general shows. Go check them out on the Lockdown Network. Your team every day. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful, my fire faithful homies. Waka, 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 waka. Take care.